welcome back to the Jay Galloway Podcast. <coughs> Thank you for tuning in and listening today. I want to talk about joy and thankfulness in the Lord. 2020 has been a dumpster fire. With everything that's going on in this year, it's been hard for a lot of people. A lot of people have lost jobs. A lot of people have lost family members. A lot of people have lost money, have had dreams crushed, have lost freedoms. It's bad enough in America, but it's bad all over the world. But for those of those of you who know the Lord, those of you who are in the church, those of you who are saved, have repented, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I want to go through a couple verses <clears throat> that might help you through these difficult trying times. Things that we should remember, we need to remember as followers of Jesus. Things that we need to keep in the forefront of our mind as we go through these trying times. These are the things that will keep us strong, that, that will build our faith, and it will help us to, to prosper, to keep a good mindset, to stay strong, and to trust in the Lord to have faith that he's going to see us through all the things that are going on and have been going on in 2020 so I want to look at today 1st Thessalonians 5 okay 5 verses 16 through 18 it's not long it's not long verses it says rejoice always pray without ceasing in everything give thanks for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Let me read it one more time. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ. If you're in Christ, if you claim to be saved, if you confess the Lord as your Savior, you're in Christ. These verses apply to you. We're going to start off with uh, verse 516. And go into that a little bit, <clears throat> break that down, then we'll continue on through 517 and 518. Verse 16 says, Rejoice always. Very short, very brief, <clears throat> but also very true. When I was looking at these verses, I, I came across the, 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 the Greek word for rejoice, and I found out that it means to be full of cheer. How many of us can say we're, we've been full of cheer, or that we work to be full of cheer? This is a straight. This is a, a direct commandment from the Word of God. Rejoice always. We're supposed to be full of cheer. Regardless of what hap- what's happening, what our circumstances are, regardless of what our circumstances are, regardless of what we're going through, we're supposed to always be full of cheer. And this means, on a deeper level. That the joy in the Lord is appropriate at all times. No matter what life brings at us, no matter what we go through, no matter what we face, joy in the Lord is always, always appropriate. We have to remember that. It's so easy to let the trials, the tests, the struggles, the things we're facing on a day-to-day basis allow us to leave our to lose our joy in the Lord. We can't do that. We have to fight that. With everything we have, we have to fight that. Because joy to the Lord 
is appropriate at all times. Not sometimes, not most of the time, not when things are good, not when you have the best moments of your life. Joy in the Lord is appropriate at all times. A cross-reference verse I wanted to look at, I wanted to uh, point out was Philippians 4.4, which says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. This is, remember, we're in 1 Thessalonians 5.16. This verse is Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Paul is hammering this point. He's nailing it down. We must. We must rejoice in the Lord always. That has to be guiding principle during these difficult times. During good times. But especially during these trying times. We have to rejoice in the Lord always. And then I want to look at Philippians verse 3 and 1. It says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me. And it is a, and it is a safeguard for you. Why does Paul say that rejoicing in the Lord is a safeguard for us? Because it gives us peace. It keeps our, our hearts and our minds focused on the one who matters. Focused on the one who is faithful. Focused on the one who we can trust at all times. It's a safeguard against losing our minds. Against being anxiety filled. Against being worried. Against being stressed out. You can't be stressed out if you're full of cheer. If you're rejoicing in the Lord always, every day. If you're leaning and dependent on Him. Philippians 3.1 says, it's a safeguard to you. This is something that God has given to us. Let's use it. Let's pick it up. Let's make it a daily, a daily habit, habitual habit of our lives. To take advantage of the safeguard that he's provided for us. He's given it to us. Why don't we use it? We put it down in our humanness. We forget that we're supposed to rejoice in the Lord always. And we just go ahead and lay it down. When right here in Philippians 3.1. It says it is a safeguard for you. Finally my brethren rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me. Remember Paul was in chains. He was in literal metal chains for the word of God. And he's writing, it's a safeguard for you. There's no way he could have been in the midst of being in prison, you know, for for the gospel, the sake of the gospel, and writing things like rejoice always. If anyone had a reason to not be rejoicing, to not be full of cheer, it would be him. He was constantly being abused and, and being tortured for his faith. So if he can do it, then we can do it. Not in our strength, not in our power, but in the Lord's power. Now we're going to move on to verse 17. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. And it says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Now, I have to clear this up because a lot of people think that pray without ceasing means you pray nonstop all the time never not praying I can see how some people might think that but that's not what that verse is saying we need to understand that this verse does not mean to pray repetitiously or continuously without a break but rather it means to pray persistently 
and regularly. Persistently and regularly. Particularly when you're going through troublesome times. But also on a regular basis and to never give up when you're seeking the Lord and when you need Him. And to further affirm this, to grasp the understanding of this, so that we know and understand that this verse isn't talking about praying without ever stopping. We're going to look at a couple of verses. Some of these verses are a little bit long, but God gives us His Word so that we can have understanding, so we can apply it to our lives, and so we can make the most of it and let it do its work in our life. So we're going to read through these. <clears throat> and get the understanding up from him so that, so that God can transform us through the understanding of his word via the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at Matthew 6, 7, and 8. And it says, And when you are praying, do not use thoughtless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Clear as day, Pray without season doesn't mean pray without ceasing does not mean to use thoughtless repetitions as the Gentiles that think that you're going to be heard because you use many words. God already knows what we need, as this, as this verse points out. To pray without ceasing cannot mean to pray without ever stopping or to pray repetitiously clearly says and when you are praying do not use thoughtless repetition as the Gentiles do for they think that they will be heard because of their many words so do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him praying without ceasing again means to pray persistently and regularly now we're going to look at Luke 18 1 through 8 and again it's just just this is drives a point home that prayer without ceasing means to pray persistently and regularly. Listen to this and, and let it uh, seep, seep, seep deep down into your spirit. Now, he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not become discouraged, saying, In a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect any person. Now, there was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him saying, Give me justice against my opponent. For a while, he was unwilling. But later, he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God or respect any person, yet because this widow is bothering me, I will give her justice. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unrighteous judge said. Now will God not bring about justice for his elect who cry out to him day and night? And will he delay long for them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Right here in this verse, it shows, it says, Listen to what the unrighteous just says. Now will God bring about justice for his elect who cry out to him day and night? When we're, when we're going through it, we need to cry out to Him day and night without ceasing. We can't get, we can't lose heart. We can't lose faith. We need to persist in prayer. 
we need to keep going. This widow in this parable, which which conveys the spiritual reality, is she kept coming. And that's what we need to do. It's so easy, so easy in 2020 to want to give up, to want to throw in the towel and just say, I'm done. I'm done praying about this. I'm done thinking about it. I'm done reading the Bible, but I'm done. I'm just, I can't take no more. But to pray without ceasing means to be persistent, to not give up, to not give in. And we need to remember that we have everything we need in the Lord. To be successful and to overcome. We shall overcome. And if we continue to seek him day and night. Persistent in prayer. Prayer without ceasing. We will get our answer. And our relationship with God will improve. And it will increase. So we must pray without ceasing. And now we're going to look at Luke. Chapter 11 verses 1 through 10. And this again. Should shows the point that Paul was trying to make when he said pray without ceasing. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation and he said to them suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at night and says to him friend lend me three loaves because a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to serve him and from inside he answers and says do not bother me the door has already been shut and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even if he will not get up and give him anything, just because he is his friend, yet because of his shamelessness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be open. Amen. Amen. Let that let that sink in. Let that resonate in your spirit. The Lord says in this parable, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be open. And another thing that stood to me is, he says in this in this parable, I tell you, even if he will not get up and give him anything, just because he is his friend, yet because of his shamelessness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Are you shameless in your prayers to the Lord? Are you shameless in seeking him, and seeking out to him? For what you, for the things that are going on in your life, for strength, for power, for compassion, whatever it is you need, it's basically saying we can be shameless when we come to Him. We can come to Him with boldness. We can ask. We can knock. We can seek. And, And 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 
it'll be given to us. It'll be revealed to us. Now, he might say no. And we gotta be willing to accept that. But if he said no, we know that's for our good too. Just because God says no to something doesn't make that bad. That just means he knows better. He knows what's best for us. We have to trust him. But he might say yes. He might say no, not now. But if we pray without ceasing, pray shamelessly, trust and lean on him, we'll be okay. We'll make it through and we'll get what God has for us. This is very important to grasp because it's easy to, to stop praying things get difficult but we don't have to according to these scriptures that we read we just need to continue to seek continue to ask continue to pray moving on i want to look at philippians 4 6 through 7 it says do not be anxious about anything let me read that again because that's just that just blows my mind that's powerful do not be anxious about anything how dare the lord tell us not to be anxious about anything that's a bold statement that's a bold statement do not be anxious about anything. Very clear right there. Obviously, we're not going to do that perfectly. We're humans. But that's that's what we should be striving for. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension or understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mind blown. Mind blown. That says it all. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. Emphasis on everything. By prayer. We're talking about prayer. We're talking about praying without ceasing. Praying with persistence and regularity. And pleading with thanksgiving. We've got to be thankful when we're doing this. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace. This is another thing we get. If we do this, we gain peace, the peace of God, not our peace, not human peace, not human wisdom, but the peace of God, true peace will guard your hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I want my heart, my mind guarded. I want some peace that surpasses all human understanding. I can use some of that. So we see in, the, in these two verses so far that. Rejoicing in the Lord always is a safeguard for us. And we see that we can get peace that surpasses all human comprehension that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ. It's pretty powerful stuff when we start taking it in and letting it do its work in our heart. Colossians 4 2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thankfulness. Again, we get this, this prayer thing is huge. I'll, 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 I'll be honest, I don't believe that I pray as much as I should. And that's something that I want to work on more in 2021. But just these few verses is, is, is reminding me of the power of prayer. And what that can do for us in our lives and how important that is. Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote, you know what devote means? Devote means to, to, to make that a priority. God is telling us this is this is this is how you benefit 
in this life. One of the ways. This is how you triumph. This is how you, you gain the victory. Devote yourself to prayer. Keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. You gotta be thankful. This is very important. Ephesians 6.18 With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Constantly got to be on alert. The Bible declares that Satan roams back and forth in the earth like a lion looking for whom he may devour. Okay, if that's what he's doing, then we need to be alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints for ourselves at all times but again with all prayer and petition pray at all times in the spirit again that 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 notion of praying regularly and persistently okay the last verse we want to look at and break down is 518 verses 518 it says in everything Give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's very powerful. That's that's a very powerful, strong command right there. In everything, give thanks. In everything. Again, this, this, this word, everything, comes up a lot in these three verses. Give thanks, for this is God's will for you. Now remember, this is done in Christ. This this won't work for people who don't know the Lord, who haven't embraced Lord God as their Lord and Savior. Or for those those of us who know, who have repented and put in our trust and faith in the Lord alone, in the Lord, we are to always <clears throat> give thanks. For this is his will for us in the Lord. Ephesians 5.20 says, Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to our God and Father. Easier said than done. Easier said than done. And I believe that this is something that we should continually strive and seek for. It's a little hard. We think about some of the tragedies that have maybe happened in your life or some of the lives in the lives of the people you know. To always give thanks for all things. I went through a divorce when I was in my mid-twenties. You know, going back then, I wasn't giving thank God thanks for that. No way. Now looking back though, I can give thanks because I've seen what has come out of that. I've seen what ministry I have. And so while I wasn't thankful back then, I can be thankful for it now. And I can now try to live a life in obedience to what the scripture says. Not that I'm going to hit the mark every single time. But I'm seeking and looking and striving to, to always give thanks for all things. And one of the ways that I do that is that I remind myself that in Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to him. That verse reminds me that giving thanks is a sacrifice. We're, it's a good Christian life is a life of a sacrifice. And we got to give give our praise to him. 
So even if even if in the moment we're not thankful for something that's happening, <clears throat> we could work to make that sacrifice our lives a living sacrifice and work and strive to be able to be thankful for whatever happens when it happens and to put it together Romans 8.28 says and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose now if we get this we really get this then we can know that God causes all things to work together for good. So no matter what we go through, no matter how hard life gets, I grew up with a lot of adversity in my life. My dad was an alcoholic and drug addict all my childhood. I don't know why I went through that, but God had a plan. But what I can rest in is to know that God causes all those things to work together for my good because I love him and because I'm called according to his purposes. So even though things don't make sense when they're happening, and even though we don't understand why God allows certain things to happen, if we stand on Romans 8.28, and we honestly believe that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love Him, and to those who are called according to His purpose, so we can have peace. And we can know that this, even though it might not feel good, whatever situation we're going through, and even though we might not like it, we can know that somehow, some way, it's going to work out for our good. And if we trust God, and we trust Romans 8.28 that everything's going to work out good for those who love him and those who are called according to his purposes then we can be thankful for it and we can pray for the strength to be able to be thankful for it and this is a good reminder when he says and everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ we can know that whatever it is think of the worst thing you can think of if you know the Lord, remember, this only applies if you know the Lord and the Lord's your Savior. But if you know the Lord, you can know that this is going to work out for your good. And a couple things to support this, I, I thought of as I was going through these scriptures. A couple scriptures that help, I think, is Genesis 50, 15 through 20. And this is about Joseph. And his, if you don't know the story of Joseph, Joseph brothers beat him, stole his robe, and threw him down in a well, and then sold him into slavery. That's that's a lot for, for one person to go through. But in these scriptures, you're going to see how Joseph embraced the principle that we're talking about, that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. So Genesis 50, verses 15 to 20 says, when Joseph's brothers had seen <clears throat> that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong which we did to him? So they sent instructions to Joseph saying, your father commanded us before he died saying, this is what you shall say to Joseph, please forgive. I beg you the offense of your brothers and their sin for they did you wrong. And now please forgive the offense of the servants of God, of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for I am in God's place. 
As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to keep many people alive. What an amazing outlook on life. He told them he forgave them and that what they, they meant that for evil, but God turned it out for his good. Because everything everything Joseph went through when he got sold into slavery resulted in him being second in command under the king. And so storing up enough food in the famine that they wouldn't starve. That his family wouldn't starve and that all the people in the area would have food for the famine that went on. God took that situation, being sold into slavery, being brutally abused by his brothers, and turned it around to where he ended up being the savior of his entire family. This is powerful. Get this. All things work together for good. So we could be thankful for <coughs> for all things and in all things. And then the verse really points to thankfulness uh, being a trait of unbelievers. This is something we need to recognize and embrace. Un- unthankfulness, thanklessness, not being thankful. That's that's how unbelievers walk around. That's how that's how they live their lives because they don't have a savior that they can lean on and trust in. They don't have a savior that they can turn to. So this is something that we need to keep in mind. We don't want to embrace the traits of an unbeliever. We want to be strong. Strong in the Lord. 